You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk all about referees. How do you deal with referees? How do you manage referees in a game? You know, as coaches, refs play such an, an integral part of the outcome of the game. Whether you like it or not, refs play a significant role um, in the game that we play. And understanding how to be able to interact with referees and strategies you can use to work with referees to help you, I think is an important uh, conversation that should be had. So if you're interested, which I think you are, this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi. I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is... The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 58 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing today? Oh, I'm so excited to have you guys on the pod. Uh, you know, it's summer, weather's nice. Well, over here in Toronto, at least. Weather's nice. Things are going great. Um, we're starting to open back up. Uh, fully now. I know my friends in the U.S. and in other parts of the world. You guys are you guys are open fully. I'm watching uh, the NBA Finals right now, and well, to be quite honest, it was during the course of the entire NBA playoffs. Arenas were packed and things like that. So we're we're a little bit behind, but we're getting back open now, which is exciting. Uh, if you're a new listener to the podcast, well, welcome to the pod. I appreciate you taking the time to join me today. Uh, you are. What do we got? We're at episode 58, so you got about 57 episodes to get caught up on, and I hope that I can bring you value in each and every episode, and if you are a regular listener, as always, I appreciate you taking the time to join me on another episode, where I hope to, um, this, ep- this episode's actually, is, is, it's a different, it's a, I mean, instead of the tactics of the game, or the tactical and technical of the game, this is a little, a little bit more different, it's still tactical, no, it's still tactical, but it's completely different. I, um... I struggled with with this one because so I'm gonna give you the backstory about this. So, you know, referees, right? Referees is such a is a conversation that coaches get very frustrated. I find a lot when we're talking about referees, right? It's it's uh, it's very rare where a coach comes over and says, "Man, that referee was amazing. That ref ref that game fantastic." No one ever, but when when they talk about referees, it's normally like, "Oh, they cost us the game." Oh, you see those bad calls and. And this and that, and it's a little bit un- unfortunate for refs, to be quite honest. But uh, so, I was on a coaching call with our DVA members. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, I have a, I run a membership, an online membership called Digital Volleyball Academy, and basically, we I help, I mentor and help coaches around the world. So a lot of times, you know, if you're a young coach or if you're an experienced coach, uh, you may have questions. You may have, you may want mentorship, right? It's it's always a great thing to have someone there to mentor you to kind of you know show you the shortcuts to do certain things so you can fast track your growth as a coach. So I provide a membership where coaches from around the world can come. They have access to my resources and everything that I have that I do in our gym and they get a chance to see that and they get to work with me. So on a coaching call, uh, I had a coach ask me, uh, you know, 
any kind of tips or strategies that I could give them with regards to referees, you know, working with referees, manager referees, because for some reason they, they're always, they're, they feel like they're always getting shafted and uh, referees are always against them and, and whatever the case is. But the, the topic of, you know, dealing with referees, interacting with referees is very, very, very interesting. And I've actually been asked this uh, quite a bit of times in the past, uh, and I've only answered it, you know, in that conversation. I've never actually publicly talked about, you know, working with referees and stuff like that. And I feel like, you know, when this person, when this coach asked me, I, you know, I, I talked about it for a while with him, and we talked about, you know, strategies that he could use when it comes to working with referees and stuff like that. And then I thought to myself, you know, one thing that I've struggled with was is is sharing sharing this because it's very very dangerous if you think about it like i i've been wanting to talk about this on the pod for a while and i and I, i've never i haven't actually gotten the courage to talk about it ex- except for now because you know i have to I, i'm a college coach and i work with referees as well and i don't want to get anybody upset you know because i'm going to be talking about managing and dealing with referees and you know how to you know, work with them essentially from a coaching standpoint, like what are strategies we can use to benefit us. So before I start this episode, if you are a referee listening to this, I want you to understand that, um, first of all, I have a ton of respect for referees. Okay. I understand that you have a very tough job in terms of refereeing a competitive volleyball match. Okay. I I get it. It's not an easy job. Coaches have to coach. You have to referee. And I, I understand that sometimes you may make mistakes and you get penalized for those mistakes. You know, as coaches, we make a mistake, um, it costs us a point. We continue playing on, but if a referee makes his, uh, a mistake, he he he's held accountable by the coaches. He he has to deal with the wrath of the coaches getting mad and this and that and and all the emotions, the the crowd and all that stuff. So I understand the pressure that referees are under. Okay, so if you are a referee listening to this, um, I want you to understand that I I by by no means am I attacking refs or am I you know putting I'm putting it out for you guys. I'm just trying to help our coaches. And I'm and I'm, I want to have an honest conversation with coaches about interacting with referees and strategies they can we, we can use to deal with referees. Okay, so I want to, I was kind of want to put that disclaimer out there because the last thing is I want a ref to listen to this and be like, oh, Coach B's talking about this. Okay, next time I have a ref, next time I game, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that I, I take it to him because I'm not trying to create enemies. And this is what I I battled with before I I even decided to ha- had have this episode. I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, if I do this, you know. Am I am I am I putting a target on my back when it comes to my own games? And I think that I uh, what what really drove me to do the episode was I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to be completely transparent to help as many coaches as I can to grow this game. And I think this is an important conversation that we have to have. And I think that I, I by me sharing my experience and some strategies that I use, I know that I can help a ton of coaches. I know that I can do that because I've helped a ton of coaches already giving them the same advice. And I feel like it was a disservice by not doing it. So am I putting a target on my back? I hope I'm not. And I hope if you're a ref listening to this, you understand. Uh, and I, I just want to help. I just want to help and, and you know help coaches out there. So that, that's a little, that's a long intro, but I had to put it out there, okay? So let's talk about strategies you can use to deal with referees, to work with referees, all right? Uh, I've actually never been red carded before in my entire coaching career. I've been doing this for what, 14, 15 years now, competitive ball, and I've never been red carded. Yes, I've had some yellows, you know, delay of games and whatever, warnings and stuff like that, but I've never gotten a red. And I believe that that is because of the strategies that I use in interacting and working with referees. All right. Now, I want you to understand that 
Um, there are little, there are a lot of different types of referees in our game, uh, and I, I've narrowed it down to four. There's four different types of referees in our game. There are referees who have had a bad experience when it comes to the sport of volleyball, whether as a player or a coach, and they want to do something about it. Right? Maybe they've had really, really bad refs in the past, and like, you know what? I'm going to become a referee because I can do a better job. I want to make sure things are done right, and they become refs. Okay, That's one type of referee. Um, other types of refs just take the job because they know volleyball and they want some extra cash. Maybe they're former players or coaches or whatever the case is. You, know, you get paid being a referee, so give up a weekend tournament or whatever the case is and get some extra cash. Nothing wrong with that. Um, there are another, that's the second, the third type of referee is uh, a, perhaps a, a person who couldn't play competitive or maybe didn't get the opportunity to coach or couldn't coach competitively, so they decided to ref, right? As a third as a third option, um, they, they decided that, you know, playing and coaching wasn't for them, so they decided to ref. And then the fourth type of ref is just an individual who is extremely passionate about the game, love the game, want to see it grow, so they become a referee. Okay, so those are really the four different types. Um, they're, they're, you can kind of, there's, there's fifth and sixth, but it gets in, into like nitty gritty and p- nitpicking and stuff like that. But those are the four main types. Now, the one thing that all four of these different types of referees have in common, well, I would say 99% of them, um, these, co- these referees have in common, is they are all alphas. And that's an important distinction to make. They are all alphas, meaning they're the alpha male or alpha female. They're in charge they're, they have very ind- dynamic personalities. Like they're like they're the leader. Right? They're the ones in charge. So they have that type of personality. And with that, you have to understand how what what what, come, what comes with that. Okay, you know, with referees in volleyball, they are you know they're they're on a, they're on a stand. They're higher above you, right? They're, there's that they're, that gives them a little bit more authority, right? They're in a position of prestige above you. It's not like basketball referees, hockey referees that are in the grind with you on the floor. You know where you're where you're interacting with them a lot more, right? Referees are doing their own thing on the stand, so there's a, there's a little bit. I, I know it might it may sound silly, but having that separation creates a little bit more alpha for them on top there, right? They, um, the other thing that I want you to understand before we talk about strategies is refs have the advantage when it comes to our sport. Now, you may disagree or agree with me when it comes to this one, but in my experience, this is what I've come up with. Refs have the advantage, meaning we don't want to give them a reason to penalize us. They have the ability to make judgment calls. I want you to take take that in for a second. Referees have the ability to make judgment calls, such as double contact, lift. These are type of calls that are judgment calls, meaning if you had an issue with a judgment call, there is absolutely nothing you can do about it. Right, you can argue, like especially nowadays where we have video replay, you have challenges, you can argue in and out, you can argue block touch, you can argue things like that, but when it comes to interpretational calls, the judgment calls, like double contact lifts, they they make the call, period. And you cannot, you can't you can't protest it, you can't do anything. So when you have refs that have that much power, they have the advantage over anything that you can do because they can control the game that way. And that's that comes that comes with a, a lot of responsibility, yes, but that also means that if they really wanted to, and I, I'm hoping coach, ref, referees don't do this, but there are some refs, unfortunately, you know, just like coaches, there there are bad refs and there are great refs, just like there's bad coaches and great coaches. In any job you do, bad doctors, good doctors, bad firefighters, good, you know, whatever, it's everything. There are bad refs, and we don't want to give bad refs a reason 
to call a game against you because I'll tell you something, I've seen it happen multiple times and it isn't pretty and there's nothing you can do about it. So that is an important distinction that I want you guys to understand, all right? The other thing too is I've noticed that coaches that complain the most, you know, they're the ones that generally get called the worst. You know, those games are generally ones that are called not in that coach's favor. One thing you have to understand is referees talk. There's a referee association. Referees have their meetings. Referees talk. Referees know who the coaches are that complain, who the coaches that they have to look out for. They know that. And believe me, as much as I want to sit here and say referees have to be objective, which they're supposed to be, in human nature, when they know they have a coach that complains a lot, that's a pain, they're going to they're gonna be aware of that. And I want you to ask yourself, what kind of decisions do you think the referee is going to make? You may have referees that, yeah, they'll, they'll probably make, they can make better decisions. Maybe they'll be more aware on their feet, calling it better. They, they might, but I'll tell you, it's not always you have that. You always have referees that know they have a person on the other side that's going to be a problem. They're going to show you that I'm the referee. I run this match. This is, I control the game, not you. And this may be a little bit, again, referees, listening to this, I'm not trying to you know, point fingers or anything like that, but I'll tell you something. There are, I've been doing this for 15 years. I've, I've interacted with a lot of referees, and there are referees who will, will have that mindset. And it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Right? In, in any profession we do, there's always good refs, there's always bad refs. Okay? So here are some things that we can, we can kind of work on. Now that we've set up, we've set the stage for you know the different types of referees. We've we already have the idea of okay, this is what it is. Now the one thing I want to like basketball, hockey. Here, here's something that you got to understand: basketball, hockey, uh, and I'll speak to basketball because I have the most experience there. With basketball and hockey, referees are on the ground. Let's see, basketball. Sorry, but bas- referees are on the ground. Referees are constantly communicating with players and coaches. They're interacting with them while someone's taking a free throw. They're talking to a coach. They're talking to the players. They're getting so they're more emotionally involved, and they actually tolerate a lot more than a volleyball referee would. You know, if you if you realize when you if anyone of you guys watch a basketball game, you know, there's a lot of emotions, a lot of hype. There's a lot of clapping. There's a lot of like. There's a lot of like nonstop yelling in a basketball match from coaches, from players, and stuff like that. And the referees get it. Referee makes a bad call, they get it, they get it. But do you ever wonder why is it that a referee in basketball is not giving a tech every time someone complains or every time there's yelling that goes on? Because that's part of the game. They're in it with the players. They're having more. They're having way more communication and dialogue going on between it. So there's a different relationship there. I mean, obviously, if a player or a coach does something extreme, they're going to get a tech and so forth. But with volleyball, you ever notice with volleyball, when players or coaches complain, the minute they complain, you're getting a card eventually. A yellow card is coming. It's not like basketball or hockey where you can go at it and it's, it's kind of understood as the culture. Volleyball, it's a culture where they don't want you complaining. And you'll, get, you'll see head refs wave players off, like, get out of here, get out of here. I don't want to hear anything from you a lot. And again, it's because of the nature of the sport. They're higher up, right? They don't have much communicate they're not communicating with you on every point they're doing their thing and they don't want to hear anything from you to to an extent to an extent there's a limit yes you can you can go to the head of head official and you can ask for clarification for certain things but remember i talked about the alphas how many coaches listen to this how many times have you had a player you you tell your captain hey go over and and ask like what's going on with that or or whatever or, or just clarify something and the ref sends you away says nope i'm not hearing it nope it's enough 
sends you away. How many times that happened to you guys? Right, I, don't, I guarantee you, at least half the coaches on here can relate to that. Where maybe you've, you've this is your second or third time going. Maybe it's maybe the, maybe you haven't even done it. You did it once, and the ref just says, "Nope, don't want to hear it." Boom, they push you off. It happens a lot. Now, is that supposed to happen? No, All right. But at the same time, the ref is trying to manage the game, and maybe in their their opinion, they're like, "No, no, no, it's just going to be not. They're not going to keep having this conversation over and over and over again." But again, it's something something to be aware of. So let's talk about. I just, I just want to paint the picture of the difference between basketball referees and volleyball referees. So let's talk about what can we do to interact with referees in a positive way. What kind of strategies can we use to um, to help our team, really, as a coach? Well, it's really simple. The beginning of the match. Here's what I want you to do. The beginning of the match, you're going to introduce yourself to the ref, right? Now, if you're in, uh, if you're a youth coach, you're probably going to have one ref on a court. If you're a uh, college coach maybe high-level volleyball, high school, varsity, if you're high-level club, you're going to have two referees, a down official and an up official, and you're probably going to have referees that are lines as well. Right? At, at, at the college match, we're always going to have four referees. We're going to have up official, up official, down official, and two lines people. It's always going to happen. You make it your duty to introduce yourself to the head official and the down official for sure. I would even stretch and say introduce yourself to the lines people as well do it okay because it will create that relationship that it, it will create that positive atmosphere at the beginning of the match now referees are supposed to come and introduce themselves to you they're supposed to come over to the benches of the coaches and say hey welcome how are you whatever do you, and then they'll probably ask you for a roster sheet and you'll give them the roster sheet but that's the, that's that's how the communication starts um, then they'll ask you for a lineup card and so forth right they normally are supposed to do that but regardless you make an initiative to do it yourself and not just introduce yourself, but hey, how's how's the drive in? Everything okay? Uh, how, how's your how's your weekend going so far? You know, how, how's the weather? Whatever, genuine conversation. Okay, it's something that uh, you you absolutely have to have. All right, that, now this is just a start. So this gets you guys off on the right foot. All right. The second thing I want you to understand is, and I want you to write this down. If you're driving, to write this down. But if you're if you're if you're uh, listening to this, you can write this down. Have conversations with referees from a position of humility. Okay, let me, let me repeat that, all right? Have conversations with referees from a position of humility. And I'm going to explain what that means in a little more detail. So when I have a conversation with a referee, if I disagree what the referee is doing or says or whatever the case is, okay, this is the type of conversation that I typically have with them. You know, after the set, I may go down to the head official and say, "Hey, I noticed that um that you that you did this that you know you you called this and f- from my understanding, I thought that this was supposed to be the right call or I thought this is the way that we call the hands or the whatever whatever the argument is." But you see how I, I didn't say, "Hey, in the rule book it says this. Why are you calling this?" I said, "From my understanding, this is what it is." And then they'll say, "Unfortunately, no, 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 no. The, the way that we call it is we, you know, we look, we look at the, the rotation of the ball, and that's how we determine if it's a double contact or not, or whatever they may say, which is wrong, by the way. But whatever they say, and then you can, and after that, you say, "Well, I mean, like with all due respect, but you know, I'm I'm just going based on the rules that we have here, and I thought that according to this rule, and I'd actually show them in the rule book if I have it with me at that time. This is what it is, and then." What it does is you're proving your point. You're trying to justify your reasoning, but you're doing it in a respectful way and from a position of humility. You're not attacking the ref's integrity. You're not telling them they don't know what they're doing when sometimes they don't. 
you are telling them straight up this is you know this is how it is and they um they will what they'll do is they'll they'll see that respect and then they most of the times in my experience if you have a ref that's a pain they'll just be like I'm, no this is this is what we're doing this is what it is and then at that point there's nothing you can do you have to move on you have to take it in and say okay and this is what you do and i, I, I kid you not you do this you thank you for clarifying i'll make sure my players know even if they're dead wrong Thank you for clarifying. I'll make my I'll make my players know. And then what you do after the match is you go and report it to the head official of the tournament, or you report it to higher up, or whatever you got to do. But you do it after. You don't do it during. And the reason this is important is because when the referee goes back up to ref the match, they know that they told you a rule. They know you didn't argue with them, even though you showed proof. They know this and that. And what's going to happen is if there is any kind of judgment call where it could go either way, nine out of 10 times, in my experience, it's going to go your way because of the way that you approached and, and, and handled the situation. Instead of getting upset, instead of saying this is ridiculous, whatever, they're going to understand that's what's going on. And then they'll get written up down the road and later on. Listen, I had a ref. This is college, college match. We played... Uh, this team called Durham Attack. Uh, I'm sorry, not, that's a club in Durham. Huh. Durham College. I apologize. Durham Attack is a club in uh, in a region where I uh, close to where I live. Anyways, we played against Durham College, right? And they they, they had their fans going. Everyone was cheering and whatever. And there was a fan that was using a blowhorn, but not a not an electrical blowhorn. Like uh, you know what, you know what? in all the volleyball matches, it's like those those horns. It's like an air horn. You just blowing it. And it makes a loud noise. Uh, probably the mo- one of the most common noise makers in volleyball is those blowhorn things. Now the coach knew that that fan was actually for us. For us, they were cheering for us. They were one of our players' girlfriends. Mind you, everyone else is being loud in the gym, and the and the coach went and told the ref, "That's not allowed. They're not allowed to blow that in in our gym." Or in the gym, it's 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 not. And and the ref came over and told me, um, "Can you please ask that that fan to 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 stop that?" I'm like, Ex- "Excuse me, I'm I, I'm a coach coaching a game. I'm not responsible for the fan. First of all, first of all, they're allowed to do that. Let's just let's just start with that. They're allowed to do that. Okay, they're absolutely allowed to do that. And there's you imagine all those olympic games all those blowhorns going on you think the ref is going to tell everyone to stop guys be quiet you're not allowed to make any noise back there of course not if it's electric that's another conversation but this was a blowhorn where you're blowing and the noise comes out based on how much you how much you uh, you blow into this uh you know this horn and the head official said the same thing We're like yeah you guys got to deal with that i didn't deal with it they told the person to stop and i said excuse me with all due respect guys the, the fans have no bearing on what's going on, how you, how we're refereeing this game. They can be as loud as they want. And I even brought up the example of, first of all, not only is, it, is this not in the rule book, what, are we, what, if, what if this is the national championship game where there's blowhorns everywhere and are we going to tell everyone to, to be quiet? And they're like, yeah, well, unfortunately, this, it's, they're not allowed to have that there. And they, they gave me no justification on it. At that point, I realized I wasn't going to win that fight. I was not going to win that fight. Now, I could have been upset. I could have been like, this is crazy. I could have probably protested it. But that wasn't going to make or break the, the outcome of the game for us. So what I did afterwards was I said, listen, with all due respect, at the end of the game, I'm saying, I told the refs. I'm like, listen, I disagree with what you guys did. I disagree with how you handled it because I know that that's not a rule. 
And I know that that shouldn't have happened. And that was actually one of our fans. So you prevented one of our fans from cheering for our team, which is ridiculous. And I just want to let you know, I ha- I'm going to have to report this. All right. I'm, I'm just being open and honest with you. They appreciated the fact that I did that. They understood it. They could have been mad. And I did. And they got, you know, they were obviously um, told otherwise because I, I was, I was, I was so right. Like, that's crazy. But it's the way you approach it. So what I, the, the reason I tell you this story is because remember I talked about, you know, refs or alphas, right? And there's, there's a lot of bad refs, which I, unfortunately, and I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, knock on refs here, but there are a lot of bad refs. Those refs had no reason to say that. They're just trying to control the game. And I, I think they had a relationship with the other coach on top of that, but they're just trying to control the game. And that's not, you don't do that that way. So that was me on a little rant there. But anyways, the whole point is have a conversation from a position of humility. You know, when you do that, you'll get a lot more. And I'll, I'll give you another example. When we, we played and listen, I've been coaching this for 15 years. So I have a ton of bad examples of, I, I have, sorry, I have a ton of experience with, with really, really bad officiating and bad refs. And it's not even the fact that they're bad because they're inexperienced. It's they're bad because they refuse to listen. And that's a problem. They refuse to listen. They refuse to understand where the coach is coming from, or they think that they're right. They know it all when they really don't. And those are the real, those are the worst type of refs that you have to be very careful is refs that actually don't know the game at a high level, but think they do and, and make calls based on emotion instead of being objective. And that's where you really have to be careful because at the end of the day, like I said, refs have the advantage. Remember that refs have the advantage. Don't give them a reason to penalize you. So you really have to understand and come from a position of humility when it comes to that, because you don't want to get, because eventually refs again refs talk this is a small circle you're probably gonna have to deal with that ref going forward and they're gonna remember the humility like the humble coach versus the coach that gave them a hard time especially when they become better at their craft and start learning the game more and stuff like that we had a situation where we um you know we were we were playing really well and we got some great kills and our players jumped up off the bench cheered and then sat back down didn't interfere with the game at all and the ref kept blowing their whistle and telling my guys to settle down like what do you mean settle down now for co- my coach in the US you may not find this too as much but in Canada this is some a ridiculous thing that I don't understand why coaches do this this is a competitive sport and they're always, well, they used to, they're, they're getting better now, but they've constantly blow the whistle or tell the coach, settle down, tell your guys to sit down. Like, I'm sorry, this is not golf. So I had a conversation with, with the, the referee. And again, from, and I actually knew the head official who was um, at the tournament. He was the head official at the tournament. Really, really great guy. He's an international referee now. Uh, and basically I told the ref, I'm like, listen, with all due respect, we are allowed to cheer and get up off our seats and cheer as long as we sit back down and don't come on the court, don't interfere with the game in any way, but we are allowed to do that. And she said, no, you're not. I'm like, listen, with all due respect, the head official's here. Would you mind confirming with the head official, right? She confirmed with the head official. They came back and they said, yeah, I'm so, I'm so sorry. It was, and this is what she said. And this is, how, this is again why I say, be careful with refs because they think they know, right? But they really don't. And then they and then they, they come up with excuses and afterwards and whatever. Anyways, she came back and told me, "Oh, this was something that that's new that wasn't brought to her attention. This wasn't new. This isn't a rule that ju- that all of a sudden we're only now allowing our players to cheer for our team. This isn't new. But that she's like, oh yeah, this is new and it was only and it's actually something new that's being, um, you know, that, that that's being now kind of down the pipeline for for referees to be aware of. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's nothing new." 
But I accept, I listened to her. I said, okay, no problem. Well, I'm, I'm glad you know that now so we can move forward. But see, that's what I'm talking about. That's the type of behavior that, that some of these refs have, and you got to be careful with them. So just a little... Some, 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 some fun stories for you guys to understand, and, and I'm sure I can go on, and I'm sure many coaches can, can go on about, you know, the stories that they have, but there's also been great stories as well that I probably should have, but, you know, I, I probably won't have enough time to talk about the great stories because we've had great coaches, as, or sorry, referees as well, referees that are completely objective, that call the game on both sides, and I'm sorry that um, I, this, this episode isn't about celebrating that, but it's about helping you understand how to deal with strategies with coaches, with referees rather, and stuff like that, Okay. So, you know, referees, you know, they want to control the game. You know, this is how you deal with it. Now, there's another strategy you can use when it comes to uh, referees that I think um, is super important. Remember we talked about those judgment calls? You know, double contact, lifts, and stuff like that. Now, I'll tell you something, and you can, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but there is not one ref, there's not a, a so, there, every single referee calls a double contact differently or the lift differently, I find. Like some will call it the same, but there's so many, there's like nine, if there's 20 referees in a tournament, I guarantee you 10 of them are calling the double contact differently. Some of them will say they wait to see the, 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 the ball, whether it's spinning or not. Some of them will say they wait to see how, it, how the ball is released out of the hands, which by the way, is the way that you're supposed to call the double contact. You're supposed to look at how the ball comes out of the player's hands because that is how you determine if it's a double contact or not. Not necessarily if the ball is spinning afterwards. That is a good tell, yes, but I mean, if I down ball with one hand and I, and I, and I manipulate with my wrist, that ball is going to spin, is it not? So Sometimes that's not always the, the best way to gauge it, but it, it is it is a cue, just not the only cue you look for. So like I said, they're all going to call it differently. So what I find and the best thing to do is, we'll use setters as an example. As a player, you have to have this conversation with your players beforehand, okay? Especially, let's, we'll talk about setters. So what we do is, when we're playing a match, and for whatever reason, the, 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 um, the ref is calling it, you know, not not like not to what we, what we like or rather just not consistent there that's a better word the ref is calling the double contact not consistent one one set is great one set's a lip, double or whatever the case is the best thing to do is at the end of the first set you go you have your setter not you you don't do this your setter goes over when you guys are changing sides or just when you're at the when you're at the um at the bench just have your setter go over and and again from a position of humility you have the setter have a conversation with the referee and it goes like this um you know i i noticed that you called me on on, on a on some doubles that that set and i, I just want to understand like you know what you're looking for because i want to make sure that I'm, I'm i'm setting according to the rules right can you tell me can you please just tell me like you know what are you looking for when it comes to the set so i, I make sure that going forward i don't do that and you put the ball back in the ref's court right this is going to allow them to explain how they're calling the double contact and this does one of two things. One, it kind of boosts their ego a little bit because they get to now explain, like, this is how I call it this way and whatever, right? Two, now they are aware that they've told you how to how to set the ball or, or what they're looking for when it comes to the double contact. And more importantly, they know that you are now going to be putting in effort to make sure that you set according to what they told you. All right, that's important because what's going to happen is when you're setting now, they know you're aware of how they call it. 
there's a good chance that your double contact is going to be minimal. If it was before, they're not going to call. And if they do call you out, maybe one more time, whatever the case is, the setter can make eye contact, give the, give the ref a thumbs up or whatever the case is, and go on. And you're going to find the ref is going to minimize or at least, I, I shouldn't say, yeah, I should, minimize is a better word, minimize the amount of calls against that setter because of that conversation versus maybe the other setter who didn't have that conversation still doubling the ball or whatever the case is, okay? Net violations, any kind of violation, you want to go up to the ref and have that. If, if they're calling it inconsistent, if you can see that your setter is doubling the ball, then don't have the conversation with the ref because obviously you can see it. But you know, like I guess, judgment calls, right? When you have a conversation or when you see a match and you have a lot of different setter or refs calling it differently and your, your players are getting confused and you're getting frustrated because excuse me, because one ref calls it one way, one ref calls the other way. It is, it's very frustrating. I completely get it. This conversation will help you and solve that problem. Okay? So a couple things here, all right? And I, I, I just talked about three strategies, but these are three important strategies. And again, and I, and I'm, I, feel, I feel kind of bad with this, but it's a reality that we have to understand is that there are fantastic refs, and I know a ton of fantastic refs. I know them and they're great. They do it. They, they work hard. They try to be objective. And they, if they miss a call, you know what, you know what the, you know, the really good refs, the really good refs will tell you my bad, my bad. I, I, I missed that one. That was my, those are the really good refs. And that's how you know that you have a solid ref is when they can own up to their errors. And you know what? Cause every ref may some make, no ref is perfect. Not one single ref out there is a perfect ref. That's going to call a perfect game every time, but the refs that own up, to them, that's how you know you got a good ref. And referees listening to this, trust me, it, it, it means a lot to coaches and it, it's good for your growth as well if you can own up to your mistakes. I'll respect you way more than if you didn't do that. And the other thing is, um, you know, with, uh, so again, like I said, there's, there's fantastic refs out there, but we all have to understand that we're going to encounter referees that are not fantastic, that are inconsistent, and that refuse in some cases to change or to better themselves. And we have to be able to understand and work with those refs. And and again, you do not want the referee to have your name in their head in a negative way. I have great relations with the refs because I never argue. I never complain. I mean, the worst thing that the worst thing that I've done in a game is I'll if it's a really, really, really bad call, and most of the times the refs know when it's a really bad call, I will say, hey guys, he or she, they know they made a bad call. It won't happen again. Let's get back to, let's focus on the game. So I kind of call them out, but in a, in, a, in a different way. And then we move on from that. I don't even make eye contact with the ref. I just kind of say it like that. That's, that's the worst that I'll do. I'll say, hey, they know they messed up. It's okay. We'll move on to the next point. <laughs> and I kind of go on from there. But, you know, when you can really cultivate this, it's really like, a, it's, you know, it's in business. It's networking. It's, it's negotiating. It's building these relationships. You know, introducing yourself at the beginning of the match, having the conversation, judgment calls you have to understand are always going to be there making sure you have your players go up and have that conversation with the refs okay play that game let them be aware that you're trying you're trying to make better it will, it will it will help you um approach referees from a position of humility you know that is super important because as much as it sucks and you want to tell them are you guys nuts did you not see that how are you calling the game it's not going to go in your favor if you do that. Trust me, because there are refs out there that want to control the game. And one of the things that frustrate me a lot 
is when they when they tell your bench to calm down or when they push you away when you, when you ask your floor captain to go ask for a clarification they're like nope I don't want to hear it drives me nuts I mean if you were constantly going over to the ref every single point or every other point for clarification yeah of course I understand that why the ref is frustrated and, and he or she has every right to do that but if you're not and they're doing that you know that that to me is a sign of uh, this is this is I'm controlling this match you, you're down there I'm up here okay so Humility is a really big important part. And then also, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish off with this is after the game, if you have a situation where you had a bad game, you gotta shake their hand and you gotta say, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you in the game. And then what you do is and I know I know this is tough because everybody wants to voice their concerns and voice their opinions and stuff like that and tell a ref how bad they are or how they cost us the game. You can always have an open conversation with a ref and say, Listen, I just want to understand, like, you know, from my understanding this is what I thought was, or this is what it is, and, what, and, and let the, and hear what they have to say, because they're going to be honest to you, and you can always report it. You can always tell the head official at the match, and they can document it and go from there. And that way, you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of not the enemy. You're trying to gr- make the game better. So that that's what you would do. And also, when you have a good ref, please let them know. Let them know that they did an amazing job so that they can continue to be better and continue to ref more matches and perhaps even share that knowledge of refing with other upcoming refs so that they can match and be better just like that ref was for you. You want to let them know. I always make sure that if I have a great ref at a match, I'm always like, listen, you you, you did an amazing job. I appreciate you refing the game the way you did. You called it consistent on both sides. I don't have a problem sometimes if refs... Are, are calling something that I think is ridiculous, but they're calling it on both on the same side. Um, you know, you can't really, if they're calling it for us and the other team too, sure, no problem. You know, there's only so much you can do. But for me, I think that you have to have these, you have to approach the refs from this position and you're going to have a lot more success. Listen, I, I'll tell you something. I've seen, I've seen coaches cost themselves games by be, by being a pain to the ref. I, I don't want to name schools or name situations, but I, we played against a game that we, one, mind you, not, not to say that we wouldn't have won, but this coach was on the ref, like ridiculous, like, you know, just, that's a ridiculous call, whatever, whatever, and he kept getting bad calls against him, and there were some bad calls, like calls that we, we like, this should have been in the other team, like, for, for the other team's point that were for us, because, again, because of how they were treating the refs, so just be aware of it. Um, you want the refs on your side. You don't want to be a pain because they they'll know it. They'll put they'll put your name, you know, uh, uh, in their mind. They'll they'll tell other referees as well. Watch out for that coach. And that, you don't want to be that coach to be like to be the one being a watch out for that coach. All right, a little bit of a longer. I kind of I kind I'm sorry. I kind of went on a lot uh, on this one because it's such a it's a topic that it's it's very very. You know, I'm I'm afraid of releasing this episode because I don't want to put a target on my back. I also don't want to, you know, piss off anybody out there listening to this. This is just my experience. This is, you know, what I what I've learned and what's worked for me and and every coach that I've worked with. From when you when you approach the game from this position, it is uh, it is absolutely understand. And again, I do have respect for for referees, so that helps because I, I wholeheartedly am having great conversations with these referees because I do respect them unless until they prove to me otherwise and and if they and if they make mistakes and they don't own up to it and they you know they continue to have that alpha well not, I wouldn't call it alpha but that arrogant mentality which many coaches many referees do rather you know that that's when you got to be careful but I've seen coaches get red cards when a match is over and then they put it on the on the on the score sheet which is ridiculous but I've seen it happen 
but you know, it's the nature we got to live in. So don't want to, don't want to make anybody upset, but at the same time, coaches, I hope you got some value out of this. I hope you can take some strategies away from you, uh, away from this so that it can help you interact better with referees. It can help you uh, manage referees better in a game to position you so that anytime it's a questionable call, it's in your favor. Anytime there's anything, it's in your favor. That's what you want to do. And you got to understand that there are going to be bad calls. I always put I always put two points a set away for bad calls. That's probably I should probably be one, but I always have in my mind two sets of points is going to be because of a bad call, and it normally happens that way. All right. And even for the lines judges, you know, make sure you introduce yourself to lines judges because listen, lines people make mistakes more than anybody for the in and outs. And if you're in a youth game or a college game where there's no replay, if you don't have video replay and you can do challenges. Guess what? There's no challenge. It, it it's bad calls, and there's a ton of lines people that make bad calls for the in and out. B have them in your favor, so that if it's questionable, they'll ho- hopefully like call it in your favor. It, this is the game we play. It's the game we play. All right. A little bit of a longer episode for you guys. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, as always, hey, reach out and let me know what you think about these episodes. I I, I want to know. I want to know if this, especially this referee one. If this referee one uh, gave you some value, let me know. And if you're a coach out there. And you are looking for a mentor, which I think you should get, by the way. If you, if you don't have access to a mentor and you would like to get my mentorship and get access to my resources, welcome you into my gym. You can get access to all my courses that I've created for our coaches inside Digital Volleyball Academy. I would love to get a chance to work with you. Uh, right now, DVA is closed, but you can sign up for the wait list to let you know when I open doors again. Just go to digitalvolleyballacademy.com, okay, www.digitalvolleyballacademy.com. It's in the show notes and sign up for that wait list. And when doors are open, I will definitely let you know so I can welcome you in to our mentorship program called Digital Volleyball Academy. All right. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I will see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right. Cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.